There's a new award-winning four-grain straight bourbon whiskey that's been taking the market by storm. Penelope Bourbon. Bottled at the historic Castle and Key Distillery in Frankfort, Kentucky, Penelope's balanced yet flavorful taste profile comes from a unique blend of three bourbon mash bills. Currently available in two expressions, four-grain and barrel strength, Penelope is remarkably smooth and flavorful. So whether you're sipping neat or using in your favorite cocktail, Penelope is perfect for you. Penelope Bourbon is available throughout Louisiana as well as select markets and online at PenelopeBourbon.com. Welcome back to the greatest show in the entire world. Uh, today we have a special guest, uh, smarter than the most of the guests, an author, uh, Richard Todd. How are you doing, man? I am very well, thank you. Awesome. And I'm glad to have an author. He's like, uh, like, and you seem like, uh, like the authors all have the same vibe, like this, this intellect vibe, like this creative intellect vibe. And I, and I like it. It's, it's good. And we need to get more people reading, I feel like. So it's, it's, a, it's a good concept. We're trying to save the children by having authors like you on the show. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll do my part. <laughs> but um, I want to talk about a cool subject that like, um, I'm pretty interested in. I think like you're interested in if you wrote books about it. Uh, uh, time travel. I, I think that's... Uh, I, I think it's probably possible. Like, what do you think on that? Like the possibility of it? Well, uh, it is possible. And um, the reason why I say that is that in the run-up to, to writing these books, uh, one of the people I spoke with was the astrophysicist, Brian Green. And uh, one of the things that he reminded me is that it's actually possible conceivably to do time travel right now. Because if you think about black holes and how they distort uh, space and gravity and time. Uh, one of the theories surrounding black holes is if it was possible to traverse a black hole uh, and pass through the singularity, you will end up in a different black hole someplace else, but that could actually be in a different time. It's not just in a different place. So uh, conceivably, it, it's actually possible today. Now there's the little detail that you'd be shredded to bits in the course of going into a black hole. But uh, if you could pass that little detail, then, uh, then it is possible to time travel right now today. And so I actually use that concept in, in the books. So the idea of manipulating time and gravity and space and folding it in on top of itself to be able to uh, do what, uh, what these folks do in the books. That's interesting. Like, uh, the, I was hearing like a popular theory, that, like, uh, like in like 2001, like CERN came up with some kind of time travel thing. And then like, uh, and also like in the FBI files, they were saying that the Roswell crashed, the, 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 the beings were traveling through space and time. They weren't, or uh, not, not space and time, but uh, dimension, sorry. So they were, um, th and that's interesting too. So we have like documentation of like groups that are kind of taken seriously, like the FBI, like even admitting that this type of travel is possible and has been for a while. Yeah, that's actually one of the theories about Roswell that uh, the, the the beings that crashed were actually not from a different planet but they were actually from a different time they they might have been humans from the future and um i i want to be careful about bumping up against spoilers in my book but um that we do talk about roswell in area 51 in the book yeah it's weird like and then like uh are you familiar with the john titer story like the uh i know the name but i'm, I'm not intimately familiar now he was like supposedly. I mean, this is like I'm not. I'm not saying I, I believe it or don't. But uh, the story is more or less. He um he was like a time traveler from like uh, the future that came back to stop us from American Civil War and stop us from World War Three and some stuff like that. And he, his claims were that CERN like uh, created like um a time traveling device in 2001. Like uh or maybe no, it was GE. GE. I'm sorry. 
like the, the GE the, in that time frame that, that means it had to have existed for like 20 something years of that's true you know which is interesting yep um well that would be very cool i i would love it if uh, time travel really existed and uh, if, if we were going to and from places in the past and the future right now today I'd be the best time travel tourist of all time. Like I would, I would <laughs> see so much stuff. That's kind of a cheesy question, but what, what would you do if you could travel for, Oh, the first place you'd go be. Uh, you, you know, I've, um, I've been asked that question before. I and, bet. My, my, and my response is, is uh, extremely uninteresting. Uh, the only thing that I can come up with actually off the top of my head is I, I would go to back in time to uh, talk to a girl that I was too shy to talk to. At, at the time so um, that's a super honest answer like i <laughs> i feel like a lot of people almost would that if that was pointed out as a choice i think a lot of people do that like that, that's like an interesting and i think that's a very true to yourself answer you know it's a very like honest answer yeah i i appreciate it. i wish i could come up with something more noble like uh, meeting gandhi or something but no yeah. it's <laughs> Yeah, I feel like there's a long line to kill baby Hitler. So it's like when the time machine like happens, there's gonna be like 30 people at that birth <laughs> or more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good, that's a good idea. Not, not so sure that uh, somebody would not have been in line to replace Hitler though. because There was a lot of, a lot of stuff going on at the time that gives rise to the, uh, the second world war um, because the aftermath of the first world war was, was botched. I, I talk like I know what I'm talking about, and then the only reason I say that is because I actually write about that a bit in book three. So the that's interesting. The, uh, the um, uh, what happened at the end of World War One that gives rise to World War Two. But uh, no question, uh, Hitler paid, played an important role in that. Yeah, he was like the communication department for its frustration, though. I mean, I think that the people were speaking vicariously through him. Like that's what the people wanted at the time. I mean, but he takes a lot of the responsibility because he's a well-spoken person that kind of led him down a more destructive path, I guess. But yeah, that that's uh, I think that's exactly right. And um, without drawing parallels to uh, to current events in, in America, uh, I I think that you're right on that uh, he was someone who who was a catalyst for uh, much of the frustration that people were feeling at that time. And uh, he was able to channel it and articulate it, and uh, in, in a very, uh, in a way that was was very convincing and compelling for uh, for his his followers. Yeah, the solution probably wasn't killing Jewish people, <laughs> but yeah. but, there pro but there probably was a solution. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, not uh, would not have been my first choice. That's funny. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I just think it's an interesting concept. I like how your book, um, like uh, the description of your book talked about uh, going back to 9-11, but not to stop it, but to like, like, like to study how America's decline started there. And I love that. I love that. Like, to be honest, it's very, like, you, you seem very authentic and you seem like, like a truth teller. And I think that's very good. And like, he's like, it is fiction, supposedly. Like, I mean, but it, but it sounds, it's, it's still like almost nonfiction sounding, you know, and that's so interesting. Like, I, yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that. I, I think that, that, uh... Uh, you're right on about that. Um, the what uh, the folks who create the time tunnel are trying to do is they're trying to identify inflection points in time where they might be able to send somebody and change uh, the uh, the trajectory of, of America in a better way. And they home in on 9/11 as something that that needs to be corrected. To your point, not because they want to save lives. But they see that as a punctuation point that begins the decline of the, the American empire. And That's true. It, it, and, it, it, and it wasn't really so much the, uh, the fall of the towers themselves, 
but it was uh, a change in priorities, um, uh, withdrawing inside America, giving more priority to, uh, to security as opposed to, say, education and infrastructure. And so those are things that, that I, I talk about in the book, that it, it changed the, the American mindset in a way that was, uh, was not good for America. Yeah, so I didn't think that before I read that, but I, after I read that, I agreed. Like, I was just like, that's so true. That was a, that's a huge focal point in change in America and in the, in the fall of the West so far if we don't fix it. I mean, like, like it seemed, and, that, and that's terrifying to just say and admit, and, but I, I, and I probably wouldn't admit that again. <laughs> but, it seemed, but it seems like the, that, that was the beginning of the fall of the West almost. Like. Yeah, I think um, uh, definitely a chink in the armor, for sure. At least, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so I, 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 would, I would agree with that. And you do see some domino effects in uh, places outside of america europe etc that's crazy i think it'd be cool to like watch like tragedies like 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 jfk like uh in texas like a uh, like abraham lincoln at the play I, I, there'd be like certain like just presidential assassinations to watch would be insane um yeah um uh, yeah you've got me thinking about that a little bit i've got this visual of of, of uh, john wilkes booth pulling the trigger on uh, abraham lincoln and uh yeah, not sure I want to actually watch that. Um, At least would... once. <laughs> <laughs> at least, maybe save him the next time you go back, you know. But, but at least watch it, you know. I want to see what – I want to see that the history is really true, you know, and like with a, in graphic detail, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so, so we go back <laughs> once. We, we watch it, um, maybe rewind, watch again. Then, then we go back in time when we, when we stop it. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm on board with that. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's <laughs> hilarious. No, I, I like how your answer was very like uh, like like the first thing you do is like uh, to talk to somebody too shot at talking. I think like we all kind of think like that. I think there's all kinds of like uh, like human regrets, I guess, or something. But I think we're all pushed the right way. But it'd be interesting to see like what would happen in a different timeline. You know, if you like, like what would you do? Would you give yourself like a pep talk, or would you to do that at that age, or would you talk to her as like as yourself now? Like, oh, that's uh, gosh, that's such a good question. I mean, I. I would love to go back in time um, and be in my former self. Okay. All, all pimply faced and everything, but with the knowledge that I have right now. That'd I mean, be crazy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I want to do something about my complexion, of course. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, have, have my knowledge of the future so I'd be able to know when to invest in Apple and, um, and then, you know, be able to get the girls. Yeah, that was that was the moves. I think like like the stock, like yeah, investing like Yahoo, Apple, all these all these startup companies, and they bubble like that'd be crazy. Yeah. So um, yeah. So do the complexion. Know exactly the right. Have have confidence to talk with uh, with young women, and uh, be obscenely wealthy. You know, by the time I'm eighteen, I think I think that might that might be just about right. I wonder what adverse effects that would have though. But <laughs> It's like, that's a lot of trouble. I, could, I wouldn't trust myself with any money at 18. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, uh, there would undoubtedly be some ripple effects that would be unpleasant. Yeah, I feel like an author would make better decisions with money than I would, though, I think. <laughs> I see you, like, you guys have that, like, kind of, like, uh, like that, that intellect, like, a, it's, it's weird. I don't know how to describe it. You all have the same kind of energy, though. Like, any kind of, like, major author I talk to, they all look the same kind of, like, like just wisdom and, like, a humor and wit. It's just interesting, man. It's kind of interesting seeing, like, uh, there's ar archetypes of people, I guess, you know? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not a wise man, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> that counts for something, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
like uh, where do you like do you see time travel is already possible do you think it'll be possible in the future like what are your what are your kind of opinions on that um i i do think it would i think it's possible to travel into the future going into the past is is the hard part so um i mean when I talked with Brian Green about uh, um, black holes being located in different different space time and being able to move from from place to place, essentially you're moving from you you always move forward. You're moving forward in time. You move you can move into the future, but moving into the past is is more problematic. And in in my book, I take a stab at that by suggesting that while we're folding space time, we can actually fold it in. Uh, keep folding, folding in, it in on top of itself. And so by doing that, you could actually go back in time, not, not just forward in time. So uh, do I think it's possible? Yeah, I, I, I think it will be possible at some point in the future. I'm, I'm circumspect about whether, whether or not it can be done right now. Yes, yeah, same. Because I don't know if like that would be a well-kept secret. I mean, I feel like if, it, like if I had that, I probably wouldn't tell too many people. So it's like, yeah, that's something I'd probably keep to myself. Right. That's what I mean. So how many times – it's interesting to think about, like, how many times if, – if, okay, if time travel truly is possible, like, how many times has it been done so far? How many times – like, there could be, like, thousands of years ago somebody just discovered it and didn't tell anybody. You know, it's like it, – it, it, this was going on for a while, you know, so it's like, who knows? Well, you know, they were doing it in Lost on ABC, so <laughs> – and oftentimes, like science, science fiction on television becomes real. I mean, with Jules Verne and the submarines and like certain things. I mean, I mean, Star Trek, certain technology has been made. I mean, so I mean, we have to dream it, then make it. I mean, so I mean, I wouldn't be. And yeah, I heard about the going to the future thing. Like you could just travel outside. One of them, one of the theories I heard was like, you could travel outside of the atmosphere a little bit or something. And like it times slower. I, I, I forget exactly. I'm not. I'm oh, not a, uh, a yeah, I, I, actually, that, that's something I talked about a little bit in the book, too. And I should qualify this by saying that one of the things I was trying to do with the book um, back when I was younger, I used to read uh, Michael Crichton, and I used to love the way that he would use science to make whatever he was trying to do you know, right about believable. So whether it was Andromeda strain or bringing dinosaurs back to life in Jurassic Park, uh, you would believe that it was actually doable um, because he would explain the science behind it. I tried to do the same in my books. And so uh, I think what you're referring to is um, Einstein's special and general theories of relativity. And he pointed out that um, uh, gravity affects time. And one simple example of that is uh, our GPS satellites. So the time uh, that the way that a GPS satellite tracks time is slightly different than uh, we track time on Earth. And if you don't correct for that, then your GPS is gonna send you into a ditch instead of to your local Starbucks. Because the, the, because the gravity is, uh, there's not as much gravity um, up where the satellite is. And so the, um, so the time travels slightly differently. I didn't know that. That's interesting. So, yeah. That's so, like proof yeah. of it. That's proof of it right there. Like, yeah, it, absolutely. It's it's total proof, and uh, th that's baked into GPS. If if you don't make that that uh, tiny correction, then GPS doesn't work. That's crazy. Going into the future, like I I, I like mixed feelings on that. Like I feel like um, I don't know. I, the whole like typical like everybody you know is gone thing is the only thing that would keep me from that. Like, everything else, I would just want to travel as far as I could into the future to see what happened. You know, I just want to see what I don't know. I feel like maybe nickel and dime my way up there, you know, just like, like stop five years, 20 years, you know, 
but I feel like that would just be interesting outside of like missing if you couldn't go back that I wouldn't do that I don't think but yeah I don't I don't think I would either and uh, I mean particularly if you go way into the future and you're, you're just going to end up as um some some pet for some child somewhere you'll end up in a cage right or, or in a zoo or something like that probably are, are you wearing a planet of the, of the apes t-shirt no saying. it's uh it's a, a psycho ape t-shirt it's uh it's a movie on amazon i'm on actually it's like a, i have a small i'm in i'm in this movie on amazon called psycho ape and it's like one of the shirts they gave me for being in it oh very uh, very cool but uh, yeah it looked like planet of the apes and so i was thinking <laughs> about uh, planet of the apes and time travel well, that's no, that's a good example because the end of that, like when you see the Statue of Liberty, you're just like, what? Like, that was that was a great ending for that first one, man. Yeah, damn dirty apes. Yeah, that was crazy. And they made like 20 of those movies, apparently. But I, I, I never knew that until like I got older. I thought there was only like three or something. It was weird. Yeah, um, yeah, those those were great. Um, yeah, that, and I don't, at the risk of dating myself, I mean, that, I, I love those uh, late 60s, early 70s sci-fi movies. Well, I mean, I think I think the seventies and sixties had the best writing in cinema. Like, pro, like regardless of what it was, I mean, you had Airplane, you had, I mean, you had a great, you had great comedy, you had great sci-fi, you had great. I mean, I think that was that was the peak of like entertainment, probably. Yeah, I loved Airplane. What a great yeah. movie. Oh yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, it's weird. No, I think that was the, that's before everybody got canceled for being funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, like now no one's left. You just have like I don't know, like there's there's no one uncanceled. So you just have a bunch. You just have a bunch of people like just like. Being like, I don't know, like, like status quo as hell, you know, like, it's weird. Yeah, absolutely. What got you into writing? More of a personal question. Like, what got you into being like an author, I guess? Um, you know, I think I was, uh, I didn't entirely miss my calling, but I was late to get to it. And um, so I've, I've actually been a, a business person, an entrepreneur most of my life and uh, started companies and, um, and and these were tech companies and I, I sold them but I, I well I've always been writing in some way shape or form and so I would write for um, did some writing for San Francisco Chronicle and, and post and did some posts and articles here and there so I've always loved it but I didn't have enough confidence in in my writing to think that I could actually make a living off of doing it and it was very strange with uh, with book one in the series. I actually, this is a true story. I woke up one morning with the entire story of book one in my head. It just was was in my the whole thing was there, and I actually wrote um, I wrote the book in two weeks. Um, so this was on, on the two week uh, holiday between uh, it was Christmas and New Year's, and, and I. So I wrote the uh, I wrote the book out. It took me a few months to do some some cycles of editing with it, and then then I, I finally uh, published it. So uh, so that seemed like a like a kick in the ass from the universe that uh, said, okay, you need to you need to get serious and start doing this before you die. No, I'd say so. I'd say so, and I, I think that art just definitely proves we existed at one point on this planet, no matter like whatever happens in thousand years from now, whatever whatever time frame. You know, I think that's definitely true. And it's funny, I think you pointed out a major thing. A lot of people don't tell artists. I think basically you should be financially secure and then work on art. <laughs> I, I think that's a good point. I think like not, that not a lot of people see. Like, I mean, I think a podcast helps you monetize and stuff. Like, like a lot of these people just like, they'll they'll just like starve trying to create their art. Like, I, like they won't even like, I mean, maybe it's a young man's game. Maybe, maybe like a 19-year-old or 16-year-old doesn't matter that much not to have a job or something. But I mean, like, I just, I like, 
I see 30 year old stride too. Like they're like starving for their art, but you have to, you have to get financial security first to even have the time in my perspective. Yeah. It's so hard. Um, and you know, Amazon, I think has made the situation both better and worse. So on, on, on the one hand, now there's this egalitarianism to, to writing. So you can write something and you can load it up on Amazon and you're published. And you can get a rise out, out of that say, hey, you know, I'm a published author, author now. But um, the downside is that there are thousands, maybe, I don't know, tens of thousands of authors on Amazon. I don't know how many there are. And, and they're all competing for the same eyeballs. And a lot of them want to see movies made out, out of their works. I, I would love to see a movie or Netflix series made out, out of my work. But um, now there's this, this, this fight through the noise to, um, to get above everybody else and, and have yourself noticed. And, uh, and that's challenging. It can't be done without money or unless you're just incredibly lucky. Um, and some people are, some people, some people do get lucky, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, uh, it's tough. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I have tremendous admiration for uh, people who are so dedicated to their, their art, what, whatever it is, what, whether it's, uh, it's fine art or sculpture or writing or dancing, what, whatever, um, that they know that that is their mission. That's my, that's my calling. That's what I'm supposed to do. And, and they just pursue it to the, the nth degree. And I actually wish that there was more um, funding uh, available for, for people who wanted to do that, who, who, people who are, are dedicated to, uh, to art, to, well, and, and oftentimes to scientists. I, I have uh, some good friends who are, are scientists and they, they're constantly fighting for money. They cannot, uh, they're, they're, they spend half of their time, more than half of their time writing grants trying to get uh, funding for, for the research. So um, I very much appreciate people who want to pursue their art or they want to pursue ideas that, that, in, that are in their brains and there just isn't enough money to, uh, to do that. No, you're right. I think, I, I think if you, the only out of that is like understanding marketing. Like, like, like if you, if you had a grip on marketing, you wouldn't need that much money. Like I ran, uh, like, like for example, I, I ran for office like recently and like, uh, I ran, I came in second place against a person that spent a million dollars and I spent $28 like on marketing. Wait, I mean, I, wait you know, back, back up. What, what, what is this? You spent 28 I, I was running for a uh, U.S. Uh, Congress campaign. I only spent $28 and I came in second. Holy crap. Yeah, that's what, that's what uh, I'm good at marketing, but that's the only loophole. Like, 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 otherwise you're spending like, you're spending, I mean, I watch these companies spend so much money on Google ads and it works. It's just like, I mean, it's just like, you got to do different things. You know, it's like, I think like uh, you almost have to, as an artist, you have to be like, I mean, you probably as an author as well, I uh, use an artist as well. But I think that, um, I think you have to be your own manager, your own promoter, your own this. And like, you have people to collab with that are in these shoes as well, but you personally have to do it also. And that's the yeah. weird thing. Like, you can't just be Hunter S. Thompson writing a book right now. Or you can't just be like, you mean this guy like writing a book and okay, okay, I, I have the content i wrote content and like you have to be able to get that in hands you gotta be able to get people to see that i mean doing podcasts like you're doing right now you know, you, you have to like just get, be out there all the time you got to be your own promoter which is weird even if you hire these people you have to do it yourself too so so i'm curious are, are you going to run for congress again yeah yeah definitely excellent yeah i'm trying to trying to save this uh this, this thing we have going on called america <laughs> you know it's like it's kind of crazy man like like a, a 
I'm not going to go into too much dirt on it, but yeah, I, I couldn't believe uh, I, I was under the delusion I'd win. Like I was like, I couldn't believe I lost to like this lady that has just kind of an idiot, you know, I mean, it's the nicest way of saying it, you know, it's just like, it's just like weird. It's like, I, I didn't race bait enough, I guess. I just gotta, I just gotta race bait more and uh, be a better victim next time. <laughs> but I mean, 28 bucks turned into 60,000 votes. I mean, I, that, that was just a, an example of marketing. I think like uh, just from knowing like, uh, like Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. I mean, I've since been banned from Twitter. I mean, I can't even have a Twitter account apparently, but it's just like, but and that, that's what you got to watch out about too. As you blow up, like say, say your, say your book does, uh, I have a feeling you have a strong product. So if it does become a movie or something like that later, uh, you have to worry about everything you say now. And that, you mean like if you, if, or everything you've ever said, like your digital imprint, even like Kevin Hart got banned from like stuff from like stuff he said before he was Kevin Hart before, I mean, before he was famous, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, it's so much stuff. And we got to beat that cancel culture kind of thing. And I think guys like you, I mean, even if you're not, even if your like goals not to beat cancel culture, I think guys like you authors put, but like, constantly put out content. So I think mean, that's the answer. We just need to keep putting out content and redefine the new, like, you know, because if Amazon gives everybody a voice, except for who they want, you know I mean, like they could, they could delete your book off Amazon for something you said in 1973 or something, you know, no, no, supposedly. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really want to strive to be authentic, I guess. Um, I think you are. I'll, I'll, I can vibe you. Well, you know, um, but, you know, it, 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 it's challenging, you know, depending, you have to think about who you're, who you're talking with and uh, are you going to offend them. Um, and, um, and, and the thing is, I, I want to be authentic, but I also have opinions about things, too, um, as all people do. And... Uh, some of them will offend people and some of them will not. And just, it kind of depends who your audience is and who, you, who you're talking with. No, that's the real way of viewing it. And the people are allowed to disagree. Like me and you are allowed to have different opinions on stuff. Even in the, I don't know what happened to that. I don't know what happened to that. Like, like I think everybody's allowed to have a disagreement and like, uh, like and have a different opinion and we're allowed to offend people even as long as it doesn't take action. Cause that's like assault or something. As long as it doesn't take like major, major action i think words are whatever you know it's like i i don't that's why i like those you brought those old writers i like those old writers way more because they didn't have to follow the rules we have to follow today yeah um yeah it uh, it is a it is a interesting and in, in in some ways troubling situation in times that, that we live in in lots of ways you know one of the uh, the things that i'm reminded of is is that uh and this is one of the challenges that i think we have in the country right now is that you're you everyone's entitled to their own opinions but they're not entitled to their own facts and <laughs> one of the one of the problems that we have now is that uh, we can't agree on the facts and if you, if you can't if you can't agree on a common set of facts then uh the the, the opinions you, you don't even get to the point where you, you can um, draw different in, inferences interpretations of, from the facts and, and debate those and have your opinions about them because we can't even agree on the facts and so you're kind of you don't even get to the starting line no you're right i think emotion and i think like the internet bumble like say like say like uh, me and you were having a discussion which we well, i mean we technically are having a discussion but say we're having a discussion about like something like uh that that can be proven i guess but but um but like you'll, you'll look up like say for the argument's sake you're of one political party i'm the, of the opposite like both of our thoughts will be justified by articles and press so if i say this happened there'll be 15 major press articles saying that happened and then if you go no it didn't and you send me 15 other articles that say it didn't happen it's like they, all these tiny media bubbles and political parties are just one of the separations there's so many different separations but like they, there's so many bubbles that just say we're right like I, I could google it right now but oh no i'm right and then you can do the same thing and then like <laughs> there's just so many media bubbles yeah, and it's kind of gotten to the point for me when I try to, um, I, I don't even uh, 
I don't even I, I don't do that anymore. I don't try to throw articles at, at anyone if I'm trying to to prove a point. Oftentimes I'll I'll try to um, I try to address things more logically. The and so I try to ask questions that um, get the other person that I'm talking with to to think about it. And uh, you know. Okay, so I'm so I'm I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm I'm going to show an example now, and this is not to um, uh, hopefully won't won't turn go too far into a political conversation, but um, <laughs> I I uh, I am uh, pro vaccination, and uh, I've I've been vaccinated twice with, uh, and I, I'm in my 60s, and so I'm somebody who who wants to be vaccinated for for lots of reasons, and but. In my not so abundant spare time, I, I'm a competitive uh, Western horseback rider, and so the, and the folks that I ride with, uh, many of them are are anti-vaxxers, and uh, they and the feeling is that well, this infringes on my, my personal liberty to uh, to force me to take the the, uh, the vaccine, and my and forget about the all the articles and all the evidence and all that stuff I don't I don't go there what I what I ask the, the question that I ask is that do you believe that it infringes on your personal liberty to uh, to prohibit you from driving drunk and and most people will, will agree that well no I, I don't I don't think that infringes on my personal liberty so I ask the question well well why is that um, so well because I'm, I'm endangering other people there you go. So, um, so the so you know, forget about the evidence. You know, we we can throw articles and evidence at, at each other all, all day long. Um, right. <laughs> That's so so where where I go with it is is that um, is that one's personal. I I respect uh, personal liberty. I absolutely do. Um, and I, but one's personal liberty, uh, the water's edge for that is when it infringes on somebody else's personal liberty. And so, uh, so you know, if you if you don't want to get vaccinated, cool. But you know, but but you know, you need to uh, you need to agree not to interact with other, other human beings. And if if you do that, then I, cool. I'm I'm perfectly fine with it. I don't have a, I don't have an issue with it at all. Yeah, I just but, think but, but the point that I'm trying to make is that you know I, I'm not to your point. I'm, I'm not trying to throw articles and evidence and facts and stuff. I'm, I'm just trying to I, I try to address those those kinds of situations in, in that way. And this this is and so that's that's an example of how I try to approach it because you just because nobody trusts each other's articles anymore, and so it doesn't matter. So you know it's this trial by purgatory of it. You're just piling up article and article and article. Nobody believes it anymore. Well, yeah, an article just to me is just a guy with an opinion and a login. <laughs> like, like that's all it even is to me. Like, like I, I don't see it as anything other than that. It's just, it's an opinion. Like, unless you have like video evidence inside of your article or like some kind of like sustainable evidence within the article, which is rare. I never see that. But, uh, <laughs> but it's just like a login and an opinion. And I think the vaccination argument is a huge argument too. I think, but uh, and I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get involved in that. But I, th I do think that um. What was gonna say? I do think that all opinions are valid, and and the answer is somewhere in the middle of all of our fucking stupid opinions. You know, <laughs> like like really, it's like it's in the middle of it all. It's like it's like uh, no one's one hundred percent right all the time, or one hundred percent wrong. We're all smart people trying to figure out what's best for everybody, and I hope that we get there regardless of what. You know, I mean, I hope that we find what is best for everybody. Because I don't, I don't know. I personally am caught in the middle of everything. I just don't know if it's good or bad, or I just I'd like to see more evidence and more testing and stuff. But I mean, 
I'm open to whatever, you know, it's like, if it, if it makes people feel secure and, and it helps some people like whatever, and if people feel insecure taking it, don't take it. I, that's how I view it. But it's just like, I, I don't know. Well, the one thing I will say, you know, in, independent of, of the efficacy of it and, and uh, liberties and so forth, the, the technology is extremely cool. I mean, if you, if you go into the mRNA technology, it is quite amazing how, uh, and uh, it's been a while for a while, but it's been around for a while, but it just has not hit the mainstream until, you know, this crisis happened, but how they're just taking a tiny snippet of, of RNA and then they're putting that in a, in a suitcase. And in this case, it's a lipid molecule suitcase and they're injecting that in the body and, and to evoke a reaction. But the thing that is, one of the things that is cool about it to me is that um, it completely transforms how vaccines happen now. And one of the things that I'm wondering about is that does it uh, does it become is is a cottage industry of vaccine makers going to uh, to rise up? Because uh, I'm, this is a, a stretch, but I'm wondering about anyone with a CRISPR in uh, in the garage could they make a vaccine and make very specialized vaccines for for lots and lots of different things. Now the guy in the garage can't manufacture it, so. Uh, one of the things that I wonder about is that uh, will there be lots of little small companies and scientists that will create the, all these specialized vaccines that will address all kinds of, of illnesses, and then there'll be these manufacturing companies that, that manufacture them out. And one of the challenges there is that can the FDA keep keep up with something like that? Because it's not hard to imagine that, that there'll be hundreds of, of vaccines, maybe thousands, coming onto the onto the market. And that's a less talked about point. I like that. No, that's, that's true. I mean, I think like, uh, I think that I believe in that principle, like Silicon Valley is based on anybody in their garage could put any billion dollar corporation out of business. And I, I think that like, uh, I think that's the start of it. I mean, you're right. You don't have a, uh, you don't have manufacturing and marketing, but you have, I mean, a lab. I mean, that, and that's the start of it. You know, I mean, I don't care who cures, who, who cures cancer. I don't care if it's Dr. Fauci or a homeless man on the sidewalk. I just, I just want, I just want some cures, you know, <laughs> it's like, that's more or less where I'm at. I mean, clearly a credentialism makes us think that like certain people have better answers, but I, I don't care who has it. It could be a guy in a garage. If you, whoever cures cancer, cures cancer from my perspective. <laughs> like, yeah, well, I, uh, you know, right on. I, I would love to see a cure for cancer. And, and the, you know, the cynic in, in myself, I, I do wonder about um, for some diseases, uh, is, it, is it more profitable to cure the disease or treat the disease? And, um, and so, uh, and, and that's, and, it's not something that I have any evidence about, but I do wonder about it, just given how profit-oriented, revenue-oriented uh, companies are and have, have to be. I mean, if, if there was a cure for cancer, um, would it um, would that be something that, that we would put out there, uh, or is it just uh, not cost-effective to, to do that because it's so much more profitable to, to, to treat um, diseases than, than to cure them? Yeah, no, looking at the disaster the American medical industry has become, I almost wonder if cancer has already been cured and it's just not profitable, like you said. I, I, I often think about that. Like, again, no evidence or thought, or I mean, it's just all thought, no evidence. But I do think that, like, I, I, I think that all the time. I think that, like, there's probably several diseases because, like, yeah, I mean, cancer is a billion-dollar industry. <laughs> like, it, it's sad, but it's, it is, man. I mean, and I get that. But, I mean, I think human life and I think ethics and values are more than money will ever be. But, I mean, I think you should have both, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, well, um, it, and the thing is, that you, especially for publicly traded companies, there's so much short-term um, 
uh, pressure to produce profit and produce growth. For sure. And, uh, and it's just hard for me to imagine how, how can that not affect um, the decisions that, that you make, um, the, the ethical decisions, but then also um, just decisions about whether or not to invest in something that, that is going to give uh, have a short-term return versus something that you know is the right thing to do, but uh, you won't see return on it for 10 years. But there, there's no incentive um, from investors to, to do that. So there are all kinds of, of pressures that um, I, I think uh, work counter to what is necessarily the good and right right thing to do. No, for sure. I definitely I definitely see it. The world's a complex place. It's not black and white. You know, it's like it, a, it is so, complicated. It is, and I think it's yeah. I know it's crazy to think about. Like that's just that's just weird. But I think I think I think if you cure cancer, we we got more things to make money. We got more people to make money. More ideas out there. I mean, I think that. But but clearly the 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 industry serving the dish of like the cancer treatments is losing money. But I think like outside of that, I mean, you, like you have a lot more options of somebody who's, I watch a lot of brilliant people die from like disease, terrible diseases. You know, it's like, we lost a lot of knowledge with these people, man. Like, and, and, and I think about that quite a bit too. Like some of the smart, I watch some of the smartest people I know who like just get destroyed by diseases. You know, it's like, it's like crazy. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm watching a friend now, um, who is, um, uh, who's in, in, uh, decline on, um, uh, coming to, to the end of her life. And um, that and that's that's hard to watch. And uh, this uh, this friend is someone who uh, she uh, operates a bar in uh, in uh, in California, and uh, and the uh, the slumlord who operates who uh, who owns the the space who owns the building uh, is uh, has been trying to evict her and been, and has uh, sued her for per, uh, for back rent. So she's got that on top of, uh, you know, she's dying. And my, my, uh, my mother died from, uh, from cancer as well. So I, I would sure love to see a cure to that, uh, to that disease. No, me too. My, my mom is currently suffering from my ALS right now. And I'm, I'm watching it just destroy a person. Like that's like, and then, and then I seen like, um, uh, uh, my friend like that, like probably 10 years ago, was like one of the, uh, a girl I was dating her dad, Ricky, he had cancer and it, it just, it, it turned one, it, it just, it just turns the smartest people I've ever seen into, into fucking skeletons, man. And it's just like, it, it is, it is hard on the soul, but it'd be harder just to ignore, you know, you got to fight through it no matter what, you know, it's like, cause it'd be so easy just to like, just to like ignore my mom's situation. But it, but it's like one of those things. It's like, I almost have to tell strangers like this that it's even happened to have to make it real all the time. And it's like, it's crazy to, to have to think about that. And like, I think cancer is very similar to that. It's like, uh, I watched a lot of people like just kind of the same thing happen with that, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I would love to see, uh, some moonshot programs for things like curing cancer, you know, um, you know, one of the things that, that everyone, uh, at some point says we put a, put a man on the moon, but we can't fill in the blank. You know, and the, we can't cure cancer, we can't cure AIDS, we can't do this, we can't do that. Well, one thing I, I do point out is that we haven't put a, a man on the moon or a woman on the moon in a very long time, right? So it, it's been like, what, uh, uh, is it 50 years now since we since it's been we a while, 69 now, yeah, about that, yeah. And um, so, so no, we, uh, we actually, at this, at this time, we can't put a person on, on the moon. Um, but... Uh, I would like to think that that the, this country has the ability to summon its, its resources and, and focus it and be able to do something like that. Yeah, you know, um, whether it's put somebody on the moon or cure cancer or, you know, I, I would love to see those kinds of things. And, and 
we, we, we talk about making America great again and, and so forth, but I think about, and everyone's got a different answer to the question of when, when was America great? And it kind of depends what, what you're talking about. Um, but uh, it, are, are we talking about um, uh, greatness in civil rights? Are we talking about or civil liberties? Are we talking about greatness in terms of, um, of our scientific engineering accomplishments? I think that if it's that, then you have to think about 1969 as being a year of American greatness. And so, so what was happening then? So we, we landed the first uh, men on the moon in yeah. uh, 1969. We, uh, we built the world's tallest buildings, uh, the World Trade Centers in uh, 1969, 1970. Um, and in 1969, we uh, transmitted the first uh, packet of information uh, on something that would become the internet. All those things happened in, in 1969. So, and, and so you kind of look at, at today, what, what's happening? Well, you know, we've got Facebook and okay, that's, that's cool. But, uh, you know, we don't have these big leaps in, um, in uh, science and, and technology and creativity that, 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 that we did, did back in the day. And those things happened as a result of really, this is no for simplification, but uh, much of it happened through uh, the, the GI Bill, which was uh, something that happened under, under Roosevelt. So at the time when all these, these, um, uh, these people came back from World War II, um, they became educated through, through the GI Bill. And so all these, these fantastic, so at, at that time um, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, we, we had the, the best educated workforce in, in, uh, in the world. And, and we made these incredible things, these fantastic things. And, um, and uh, so, I mean, there are other things that happened too. It was the, the infrastructure from WPA, um, infrastructure from the Eisenhower administration with, with, uh, with the Interstate Highway Act, all those things uh, combined. But, but uh, that's, it, you know, I've lived long enough to be able to look back at, at all these incredible things that, that we were doing back in the, the, uh, the 60s and 70s. And, you know, that's, that's what I think of when, when I think about American greatness and, and really what I'd like to, to get back to if possible. No, yeah, you brought up a couple of interesting things with that. I think like, uh, I think America is awesome, just has the worst press coverage. And I think I like to, I like, from my perspective, and I think like see, you brought up something interesting with like 69 being the height of education too. I think, I think something happened around that time where like uh, post-World War II, we were educating everybody very well. And then like the, the, the 1969 thing with like uh, the hate Ashbury, like, like all, all the teens rebelling and stuff like that. We educated people too much where they made their own decisions and didn't work for the, didn't work for the, the, the collective whole. They're like, they're like, wait, I'm smart enough to realize that all I want to do is have sex and do drugs all the time. Like, 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 like we made them too smart. And then we saw a decline of American education after that and i think that like since then the smart people that made us all dumb have passed <laughs> and there's just a bunch of like uh, of idiots left like ourselves i mean we're, i mean we're, we're smart people but like we're not we're not curing cancer right now we're not, we're not like doing like we're cool in entertainment and stuff we're smarter than entertainers but like we're not like the guy i don't know how to describe it but then also i see a lot of I see a lot of good stuff still happen, but like uh, the media just wants to push hate, divide, separation. It's just, they just want to argue over crayon colors, like as adults. I'm just like, I couldn't even imagine caring about race. I, like, other, like other than the human race, maybe. But I just couldn't even imagine like one way or the other, like being so passionate against like, 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 like being black or white or blah. It's just like crayon color arguments to me. It's just like, I don't, I don't know. I want to see cool stuff happen and like happy stuff. I'm more of an optimist. Yeah, well, it, I think it's absolutely true with, with the media. There, um, there's money in churn, right? And there's money in conflict. Yeah. And, um, 
and and I think that that is an aspect of the, the it's an important aspect of the problem that, that we have in media right now today, because nobody wants to read good news, right? Nobody wants to read happy news, and so they want to read about um, uh, what's, what's the Don Henley song, "Dirty Laundry." So they, they, that's what they want to that's what they want to read. That's what they want to see on TV. Uh, they don't want to see um, uh, stories about kittens or puppies, right? I almost, I think that's the popular way of viewing. I think everyone thinks that, but I, th I think we can do something. If you, if you're, if you're convincing enough, you could probably make people like good stuff. It's like cat videos blow up on the internet. I mean, they had like 90 million views and stuff. I mean, like, I mean, like there's some people, but also like porn has more views. You know what I mean, so like sex sells more than like, proving your point still. But I think if someone came out, it's like, it's the same argument I hear with ads. People think that people hate advertising, but I think people hate bad advertising. You know, I, I think that if like, if there's a product you want and you see it on television, you're like, that's cool. I mean, like, like if it's, if it's actually cool, but they like the people marketing are just marketing trash. It's the same kind of thing I see with like, I, I think good goes a long way. I, I think it really does. And I think American marketing t teaches you exactly what you said there. Like, like in my marketing class, they go, these are the five things that sell. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's a like controversy, explosion, sex, you know, it's like, it's like certain things. Like I, I think people, I think that's been away for a while, but I think the way the papers just become murder stories and obituaries, I think we're about, hopefully we're about to get out of that. I, I, I have optimism to where like, it, it went too far where now we got to go the other way almost that's an idea i don't know you know yeah i hope that's true but uh, right, right so definitely if it bleeds it bleeds right yeah right now right now you defined american entertainment the, the false promise of sex and the fear of death that, that's all it is yeah by the way I, I neglected to thank you for um in addition to thank you for having me on the show i just uh, i i feel very privileged and honored to have um, to be able to to join the, the pantheon of uh, adult film stars that, uh, that that you interview and so it's a new new high in my my career yeah people are gonna be confused right now that you're not a porn star when they click on this they're like wait, wait you got an author i might i might have to pick up a book i might have to read something that's why i feel like you got you have a good thing going i just want to and i want to talk time travel we got we turn into more of an interview you're just an interesting person like multi-layered but uh but no it's like uh yeah people are gonna be surprised that uh, they're gonna <laughs> <laughs> But I think I've interviewed every porn star at this point. I think I, I think I've gone that uh, far. Yeah, I I that that is an impress impressive and I am envious. What's that marketing thing? If, if you take that part out, then my my wife might watch this. Well, no, I think our I think our ladies know that like a single loss would admire it, but a, but a one in love could still daydream. Yeah, like like like, would it be cool if I was twenty five, had a Ferrari, and like you mean like, like I mean there's, we could daydream, but like we we're where we're at because we're in love, you know, I think. Was that a strong enough sell point? I hope my girlfriend fell for that. Yeah, I, uh, it works for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. No, I, I just think, uh, no, this podcast thing is great because you can talk to anybody in the world. I mean, like, I, I would have no reason to talk to an author outside of having a podcast. I mean, I mean, I, mean, I would out of interest, but, like, why would they talk? To, you know, it's just an interesting kind of thing. Like, uh, it's like, out of all the things I do, this is kind of the most successful thing. You can talk to anyone in the world about anything, and I love that. I love that aspect of the Internet. I don't like how uh, – I barely use social media because it's just, I mean, I'm banned from a lot of it, but, all, but also it's like, uh, it's just negative, man. It's just like, so, so negative. It's just like, I, I use like LinkedIn because it's positive. Everybody's talking about making money, you know, it's like, <laughs> like, that's like a positive thing. I think that's where my mind is now. Like the world, I think about, I don't know, in the sixties, we needed like the counterculture because like everybody was too uptight. Now we almost need like a reverse thing, reverse back to traditionalism to a degree. I mean, not, I mean, not everything that was traditional, but I mean, 
traditionalism with its new benefits and new education, we learned that everyone's equal, not just, not just landowners. You know, <laughs> I think we've come to some new perspectives. I, I know I'm at, and I hope we're part of this new thing. I hope that like this optimism and, and love and stuff, I mean, not, not, not so hippie, but like, just like, they were right about the love, you know, they were right about just loving people. I mean, that's just what God told to say, you know, it's like the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think there's a lot of, a lot of truth in that. Um, I sure would love to, to, uh, I mean, I, I was a child of the sixties, grew up in the sixties. And, and, uh, so it was very much influenced by, uh, by that time. And yeah, I, I would sure love to see a return to an embrace of, of, of love. Um, Imagine if we had social media back then, like how powerful it would have been. Like, I got, like, if, like, I mean, you, it was a small sect of people, like there was still a lot of conformists, but there's a, there's a small sect of people that were like rebellious and, but rebellion through good, you know, not just like pain and suffering and war and like all these terrible things. Like you actually had, I don't know, but those countries always get taken over. Like Tibet was like that. It got taken over like 30 seconds by China. And that's what we've got to worry about. It's like, it's like, it's all good. But you also have to have an offense against evil. Yeah. Offense against evil. Um, but, um, uh... You know, I guess the first thing is that we all have to agree on what evil is. And, uh, <laughs> that's, <we can't> even... <laughs> that's great. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Small perspective at this point, like good and evil are human perspectives at this point. Like, yeah, I, I don't even know if we could agree on that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to just argue about everything and call names. <laughs> I think it's all we're supposed to do. We're supposed to just, I'm supposed to call you a bigot. You're supposed to call me racist. And that's our, that's our conversation at this point. That's how far we're supposed to go. Yep. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. It's like, Everything's just like a shortcut of thinking and emotion based. And like, it's just weird. I, there's a lot of investment in divide, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. Um, yeah, there is a great divide. Um, yeah. right, right now. It's, um, that reminds me, I, I'm blanking on the, uh, the name of the person who, who does it. And, uh, wish I could remember this. I, I may, I, I may Google while we're talking here, but there, um, I, I heard something on the radio uh, not too long ago about a, a man who is using, um, uh, he's using the same techniques that are used to bring couples back together um, to uh, oh. try and negotiate the, the, the left-right uh, divide and get, get uh, people to find com common ground with, with each other. In fact, I may, may see if I can. That's I can interesting. That's find. very interesting. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing in the left and right divide, I think, I think it's the radical left and the radical right. So I think, I think most uh, traditional conservatives and most like traditional uh, Democrats actually fundamentally agree on most things outside of like the trigger, the trigger of abortion arguments or the trigger of like certain arguments that are just like, but I think like, I, I think it's the radicals on both that really kind of mess it up. You know, it's like, I mean, is the radical, radical rights just like wanting to say crazy shit and the radical lefts just want to do crazy shit. It's just like, it's the radicals and within the organizations, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of truth in that. I think that um, towards towards the center, there's there's actually a, a fair amount of, of agreement on lots of, of issues. I, I actually did Google this, and so uh, this would be a, an opportunity to to uh, plug this. So it's a uh, all right group uses marriage counseling methods to help bridge political divide, and awesome. it's uh, it, let's see, it's called uh, Better Angels. Yeah, Better Angels. That's what it is. And um, so, yeah, they use um, use those group counseling marriage techniques to be able to marriage reconciliation techniques to be able to, to bring people together. That's interesting. Like, so we need something. And, that, and that's a good idea. I think like because uh, uh, you seem you're, you're probably Democrat. Um, so, so I 
it's a weird way to subgenre somebody, but like more or less yeah. like the party. Yeah. Want. So uh, I, I, I'm a moderate who tends to vote Democrat these days, and and I mean because it, it just seems like anything to the left of Attila the Hun is pretty much considered liberal these these days, and so I, that's that's kind of that's kind of where I am. But I mean, be, um, pre-Trump, I, I actually there were lots of things on on traditional conservatism that, that I actually agreed with. Um, but uh, but these these days, yeah, I, I do tend to tend to vote left. But um, I mean, officially, for what it's worth, I'm I'm registered independent. Yeah, I, yeah. When I asked you, I, I figured you're more independent. Actually, like I, like after I saw your face, I'm like, no, he's probably more independent. But no, I, yeah, I'd say like I think anybody can get along when they when they're talking policy and stuff. I think when when it tends to go a different way, like it's like I think everything's possible. I mean, I think if you want, I don't know. I'm a, I'm an American. I believe like anybody should do whatever they want as long as it hurts somebody type thing. You know, it's like that, that's just how I believe. You know. And, and I and my job is to get along with Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, Independents. I feel like that's like my job more or less as like a, as like a host or as a uh, aspiring politician, like running a couple times. I think that was like, so I'm technically a Republican, but like people will cringe until they ask me about it. They think I'm just like this like radical person. Like I, I don't believe in the radicalism of the right or left. I think I mean I believe it exists, but I think that it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I, I think there's a, I think there there is a lot of opportunity for centrist. Um, centrists on, on the right and the left to come come together. I think yeah. a lot of us are centrists, though. I think a lot of us, uh, Republicans and Democrats, a lot of them are. It's it's just the radicals. That, that, that's what ruins everything. And it's the press coverage of this. I mean, it's, it's like the press coverage of the radicals. Like they think every Republican's trying to invade the Capitol and every leftist is trying to burn down their hometown. And it's like no one's doing that. I mean, a small amount of people are, but no one, no one's like. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm a Republican. I'm not trying to burn down Capitol buildings. I love America. <laughs> and like and like you're not trying to burn down your hometown as a, as a, as a leaning left. For it's just like it's it's like just insane stereotypes. The media just pushed where like I think. We could get along with a million other things that we think sci-fi is cool. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's more important that we have common interest than, than the, the three things we disagree with. We're probably different in religion and politics. Like, I, I, it's just, I mean, it just doesn't matter, though. It's, I love hearing people's opinions, but it doesn't mean that I think less of them or like that they should think less of me or vice versa. It's like, you know, it's like. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with so much of that. And um, I, I do think that um, the focus on the, on the fringe uh, I, I, I think that there too much weight is is um, is lent to that, but like I said, um, if it bleeds, it leads, and there's and there's no money to be made in um, relatively anodyne um, stuff that that everybody agrees with. Uh, we 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 the money is to be made in the conflict, and uh, and the turn, and so and that's that's what stokes so so, so much of this. And uh, it's unfortunate, it's sad. Um, and the thing, you know, for better or worse, I, you know, I, I grew up in a time where we had, um, we had three major TV networks, right? We had ABC, NBC, CBS, but we also had uh, PBS. So make that four. Uh, well, if you consider PBS uh, and PR to be major and they really weren't compared to those, but. Not the time, yeah, but now they are probably. But, you know, this, I think this goes to the point of, of uh, regarding, you, you can have your own opinion, but you can't have your own facts. But back then, we were, I think we were much more agreed on, on the facts than, than we are today. Now you've got hundreds of, of outlets for, uh, for information. And uh, to your point, anybody who, who, um, who can get on the internet uh, can, uh, can start a, a news channel. And so uh, there's just this, this dizzying, bewildering array of, of news outlets. Um, and I think people are just overwhelmed. And, and so 
uh, I mean, it kind of comes down to feel facts, right? You know, what, what do you feel is, <laughs> is, is right? And, and what is what is correct and what is accurate and and so the facts come out of your head as opposed to they come from within versus without and you know if we if we can't agree on facts if we can't agree on evidence then you know, we're, we're not gonna be able to agree on anything yeah and i think it's like i think that's even fine i don't think it has to come to an aggressive point of view i mean even even if being being wrong is even okay <laughs> like to me it's like it's like i don't care if someone's wrong it doesn't affect me i think when it becomes like aggressive and people get in like like pack rat culture and, and like and like uh and like just start being aggressive i think that's the problem it's like uh because america's like built on rebellion you know so we're built on like uh we're the offspring of psychopaths <laughs> like, like really i mean the best in, in the in the best way of saying it you know i mean i think like like we're the best psychopaths. I mean, there's a lot of them in the world, <laughs> but America's just like, and we're built on that. We're trying to get away from that. I think we're trying to just evolve. I think, and I think we're. Well, you know, you, you do think about the, uh, the, the kind of people who would, would get in a boat and, um, and sail across the ocean, get, get in a wooden boat, you know, no GPS, right. no, 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 no internet, no iPhones, no nothing. They get in a freaking boat and they, they sail across uh, an ocean to some place they've never been to, and uh, and then uh, and then they propagate. And, and you, what is the DNA of a person like that? I mean, is that is that person who's willing to take that incredible risk? Is that person somehow? Is, are they actually um, different physiologically than, than the people that they, they left behind? And I, I'd like to believe that that's true. I'd like to believe, and and this will touch on other political stuff, but I also wonder about immigrants who today, right now, today, who are coming to the country are willing to take risks to get into the country. And I wonder if that DNA, all of it, you know, regardless of the, the color of the DNA, if that kind of DNA is, is that not good for, uh, for America to have the risk takers, the, the, the willing, uh, the people, to your point, the psychopaths who are willing to uh, take, take those risks to be here, we're willing to do things that not everybody is is willing to do. And is is our DNA an aspect of, of what makes America great? I, I think it is, and I think that um I, I think there should be more emphasis on that that um than anything really because I think that um this is the all star team. Like like I don't like like I personally don't care like 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 what you look like. <laughs> like so many people are caught up in that, but I, I think it's just like it really is like Dr. King said, like the qual the quality of character. I think this is the most important thing. And I think that we have great characters, Americans, but I also I don't think Filipinos don't have good character. I mean, I think I, I think the Philipp any other country, any other 195, 96 countries, depending on the day, um, I, I feel like they're all important and like this is all a collaboration like earth's a collaboration i i just happen to wave an american flag that's where i'm from and, and i'm proud of it just the same way you can be proud of being from ireland or australia or wherever else you're from you know it's yep. like it's just whenever it becomes conflicts the problem whenever it becomes like a uh, like a militia ideology versus like a just just something else you know you know just so much of it in, in the conflict now um this starts to get into psychology and that i'm not a psychologist though i did stay at the holiday and express last night <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, it, embarrassment and humiliation are such powerful emotions and um, uh, an aspect, I think, of, of where we are and how we are right now is that um, it's hard to admit that you're wrong or hard to admit that maybe maybe I'm not right about this or it, it, maybe, maybe you're saying something that is worth listening to and, okay, tell me some more about that. I'm, I want to have an open mind about that. Those, those are things that are hard to do. Uh, they're not easy to do. 
And um, oftentimes we start bumping up against the edges of, of your emotions and comfort zones. You don't want to be there, but that's a that's a uh, that's a scary place, and you want to withdraw in where where it's safe and eat your comfort food and you know craft macaroni and cheese, and you don't you don't want to explore that. And so I think um, uh, I, I it, you know things like things like racism. Um, I, I think that if you talk to the vast majority of, of white white Americans, they'll absolutely tell you that they're they're not racist, and they, and they will believe it. They will believe that they're not racist, and and I I believe racism isn't the problem. That bias is the problem. You're not aware if you're biased, and if you are, are and everybody's biased. Everyone doesn't matter what what color you are. You're white. You're black. You're, you're brown. Does not matter. Everyone has bias, and the, and the problem is that if you don't have awareness of your bias, it's like like uh, fear of flying, right? Um, if you if you can't if your thinking mind can't engage and say that. You know, statistically, there's a really good chance I'm going to survive this this plane trip. You know, if you don't have your thinking mind able to to talk to your feeling mind to be able to address issues like that, then then you're never getting on that freaking plane, right? You have to, to take a train or a car to get get where you have to go. And it's the same. I think so much of what what we're we're dealing with today are these emotional issues. And and if we could have honest conversations about the most, what are we feeling? What do we feel? You know, are we, are we happy? Are we sad? Are we scared? Are we depressed? Are we, um, if we have conversations about that, then, then those can, can lead us to places that are, are more constructive and where we can, we can't solve all our problems, but we can solve some, I think. I think we can solve a lot of them. Yeah, I know for sure. And not, and not to make it any less important, because I think it is important to a lot of people. I think racism uh, does affect people, and it, and it is kind of annoying for a lot of people. But I, like, I, I think about racism the same way I think of like Marvel movies. I'm just like tired of watching it and hearing about it. it like, like that's how my perspective is personally. It's like it's like I feel like we have such bigger problems. It's like can we start rock hopping? Can we can we start like, like can we take over Mars and terraform it? It's like, it's like come on, can we do some cooler stuff and like argue on this on this water rock? Can we expand to other water rocks? It's just, I, I just feel like you know, I mean I just feel like we have so much more to offer as a human race than just like argue about grand colors. And that's how I view it, but also I'm not a person that affects maybe. I mean, I mean, maybe it does because everybody thinks I'm racist for being white. I mean, <laughs> to, a, to a degree it does, but I mean, but, but ultimately I don't care about someone else's opinion if it's negative. I see most negative opinions as in, uh, pro like projections, as psychological projections, and it's just their insecurity described, you know? What, what water rocks, I just, I'm just going to throw in a plug for Europa. So I'm, I'm going to, I do, personally, I don't understand the obsession with Mars. I mean, we're, we're going to, why are we going to Mars? Let's go to a place where, you know, where there's water, where there are sea serpents, most likely. I mean, there may not be, but I mean, there's liquid water on, on Europa. There are these big oceans of, of water. Yeah, uh, I take that over Mars. There, there's life. Let's, let's go to Europa rather than the Mars, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the only reason Mars and the Moon are there is because it's so close. I think that we don't we don't have easy to obtain wins, but I think your opinion's better. I, I if I would as a plan, I, I think literally I would rather go somewhere we have a better chance of surviving. And I think we should definitely look into that more so than just like arguing all the time. It's just like it's like it's like it's like how many quick trips can you burn? Like I mean, is racism solved now? It's like it's just like it's just insane. I mean, it's like it's like okay, we sacrificed every major city now and and, and their infrastructure. Oh, is it over now? It's it's like oh my god. And, and like I and I get it. It's probably annoying to deal with racism, but it's like it's just like i i just i'm just sick of like it's just like little kid arguments to me it's like little kid arguments it's like crayon color arguments it's like how, how like a five-year-old picks on me for some toy i had or something it's how it sounds it's like i don't just don't care it's like yeah well you know i, I think that um if you've got a, a really good goal 
um, you know, something like whether it's going to Mars or going to Europe or what have you. I mean, the, um, uh, I mean, the, the mission, the Apollo missions, uh, not just the, the, the country, but the planet uh, came together for, uh, for the moon landing back then. That, that was huge. And, exactly. and, and uh, there were, and there were, that was a fantastic technological achievement back, back then. I totally. mean, right. I mean, right now it, it's, I mean, right now today we can't do, do that. What we did, um, you know, 50 years ago, but um, I, I, I think if, if, if we could have some goals like that, um, as you say, go, go to a, a water rock, cure cancer, whatever. Um, I think that has the, that's another thing that has the potential to bridge the divide. We, you know, we, we need a whole bunch of smart people to come together and, um, and we're going to fund it and we're going to make, make this happen. And um, yeah, we've got some political differences, but, um, but this is the mission. 